Welcome guys to another episode of Reach Your Peak Podcast, episode 26 today. Um, we're going to speak about how I went from not wanting to compete, I suppose, after competing in 2018 to actually competing again in 2019 and kind of that decision process to do that and then the process of that 12-week prep. Uh, on today's show, we have our brand new coach at Peak Performance Academy. Um, Greg, how are you doing? Hi, Bobby. Not too bad. And yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Tell the guys... Uh, that are listening all about Greg Bowden. Okay, so um, I, I finished college there uh, recently enough, but I've been training as a trainer for the past three plus years. So um, I joined Peak Performance just, just over a month ago, and uh, so far so good. Loving it. Excellent, excellent. Um, Greg is not originally from Kerry or? No, I'm a Limerick man. Limerick man, good stuff. Limerick good man. stuff. So we, we're not biased here. We're, we're taking everybody. So um, yeah, welcome to Peak Performance Academy. So Greg is going to jump on the, the podcast with me today. As I say, and he's just going to fire a couple of questions that he possibly has about contest preference, maybe something that interests uh, him and maybe just that decision process because I suppose the biggest thing when we kind of go back is when I competed in 2018, the um, expectation that I had on stage was that I was that I would go out there and I would enjoy it. First, I had competed previously to that as well. So this was my second competition, uh, which I wanted to do really well in. And I felt that the position that I finished, in my head, I should have finished one lower and I suppose I took that quite bad. So I kind of said to myself, it was a very subjective sport. It was very difficult to kind of judge where you're going to place. Um, and then to have that understanding is why when you see a certain physique that's ahead of you, how can they make that judgment in your eyes where you think it doesn't make sense? Um, and I suppose that's where I kind of got lost for, for eight to 10 months um, and decided not to compete again. Um, and then it went, went on holiday in 2019 during the summer. And just again, when you're away from your business and you have time to think a little bit, uh, what your goals are and setting something, I decided just off a of whim, I think it was a podcast I was listening to that I decided to compete again and said, I'll give it one last shot, see how I go, try to change everything I did uh, in terms of mindset and preparation and kind of started it from there. You know, that's the biggest thing about, I suppose that was my thought process going into deciding from not wanting to do it to do it. Um, from that, I took the mindset that I was going to bring the very best condition I possibly could, even better than I did in 2018, and do everything possible to basically get there. And then I placed a thought process in my head from the very, very start that the show I was going to compete in in the 1st of September, which was the NBFI, the Natural Bodybuilding Federation show in Cork, that was the one I previously, the previous year, had competed in and finished fourth that I was going to win it. And that was the mindset I had. And I kept saying to people when they'd asked me, that I, how you, how'd you feel about your preparation? I said, I'm going to win this show. And it, that's, that wasn't a cockiness or an arrogance. It was just a confidence that I needed to instill in myself to get me through 12 weeks of prepping. Um, and that's like what I truly believed in terms of the mental side that would take me through. Do you know, a lot of people in sport, I suppose, don't like, especially in Ireland, I find... <clears throat> don't like to kind of say that you're going to actually win. You know, this taking part stuff, I think, like we've used this before, Conor McGregor said it, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. That's a very strong mindset, and that's where you, when you go into contest prep, especially, and Greg, you, if you ever decide to do something like that, you you you'll, yeah. you'll go through these ebbs and flows of, of what contest prep is like. There's a lot of mental struggles in it, and there's a lot of times where you feel you want to pull out, because it's just so it is really hard in terms of concentrating, constant dieting. Your your main focus is what is the goal of stage, and that's it. There's no other goal outside of it. It's t tunnel vision focus. So 
having the mindset to go out and win a show is completely different to have a mindset to go out and take part in the show. Going out with a mindset that you're going to win a show in your head and you visualize yourself stepping up there, getting a gold medal, getting first place in the show really is a, a very strong internal driver when you're training and when you're dieting because that's the top process that's in your head all the time. You want to win. This is what's required to win that show. And this can cross all fields of sport. If you can visualize yourself standing in the podium with a Sam Maguire um, as a carry footballer, you are going to train harder. You are going to push yourself harder. You're going to do every single thing that's possible because that's the vision you have in your head and that's the internal drive you have. And that's something that's very, very powerful. And I think it's something that we can we can get into our clients' heads as well. If they want to lose a certain amount of weight or they want to change their body composition or they just want to be healthier, if they truly want it and we can make them believe they can achieve it, they will get there, no, no doubt about it. But you have to want it deep down and you have to visualize yourself at the end goal, at the point of this is what I want and you visualize yourself there and what it's going to feel like to achieve it and then you have to set about the process of getting there. And I suppose that kind of takes me through to the process of contest prep. And I suppose, Greg, you might have read stuff on that and different protocols and all different things people do. Yeah, it varies a lot from person to person. It does vary a lot. I mean, there's a lot of gurus and coaches online with different techniques and stuff, and people kind of get lost in the aspect of, oh, that must be the way to build bigger shoulders. That must be the way to get better glutes. It might be just a method the coach is using. Yeah, it's very individualized, really, isn't it? Totally. Absolutely. I mean, you have to look at each individual person. And me physically, I haven't got the widest shoulders. My lat insertions, when I look at them, are really high. So I'm never going to have that massive wide back. And I don't have any illusions of having that. But I can. you can definitely build on that. So for men's physique, it's really about a narrow waist and wide shoulders. That's basically it. And having that um, midsection very, very tight and obviously um, in very good condition. Leanness. So... To get that, like you said, it's individualized. I need to look at my own programming and see, okay, what am I going to do? If you've got um, a high lat insertion, which is higher than most people because of my my, my, my body type, I'm quite tall and leaner, um, I need to train my lats a lot more to try to get them out. And obviously posing and working on that is going to be something that's going to hugely help. But again, individualizing, looking at need more work on the lats, need more work on the delts, and need a lot of upper chest work. Legs are not required in men's physique, so I had went about setting my training plan, which was a five-day split, one day focused on legs, which was a heavy leg day, middle of the week, was we able to recover it in for the rest of the week, did upper body sessions, pull um, on a Tuesday, did a push on a Monday, and did kind of um, the same protocol on a Thursday and Friday. That's kind of the way I split it. The reason I only went for one leg day because of the output it takes, and the recovery aspect of it. And when I mean, it's not the requirement, and um, there's no point training the legs. I felt twice a week, it was just going to take too much away from other body parts that I needed to focus on to be successful. So that's kind of where the training was set up. Um, I like training five days a week. I did, I did actually push a, a sixth day. And the only reason I did that is because I'm here on a Sunday anyway, and I like to train on a Sunday. So I just put in some weakness parts like arms, triceps, and maybe a little bit of delt work again, because the delt, is a high output muscle so it can take that little bit more volume yeah just like somebody's glutes you can glute train quite a lot and get away with it because of the high output of the glutes the exactly the same can be said for abs abs is a high output so your core for instance is a high output muscle and you can actually train them a lot more often than you think you could actually get away with different variations of everyday training them 
um, where some coaches wouldn't believe in that. But when you look at the muscle and the actual energy level the muscle has in the output, um, that is one of the muscles you can train a lot more than you would, like, say, quads. They need that time to recover. So that was the way it was split up. That was kind of it, do you know? Yeah, no, I get you. Well, how would we just go before that process, maybe beside the, the first time you wanted to compete? What made you actually want to compete before... Before the first time? Um, oh yeah, I suppose, good question. I mean, I'd always had an interest in um, not supposedly not competing. Well, not, definitely wasn't that. My background is martial arts, so it wasn't that kind yeah. of focus. Making weight and stuff like that and competing, I loved and actually loved to, to actually compete. That's the one thing I liked. And when I retired from um, Taekwondo, uh, I felt that because I was coming off a national team, it was such a drop down. There was yeah. nothing there for me anymore in terms of sparring in terms of uh, people to train with because the, the, the level wasn't here. I had to travel a lot to Norway. So that was like taken away completely. So I suppose the passion to compete came from loving to compete at something. And I'm a very kind of routine person that likes to have, I don't know, kind of, not so much an extreme goal, but I like to have a very difficult goal. Okay. So it's set in front yeah. of me and I can set my, bound, my my steps that I'm going to get there. And it's really, I like to challenge an awful lot. And sometimes, I suppose you could say to my detriment, yeah. and sometimes challenging too much at times when you need to back off, you're doing too much. But that was kind of where it came from. I, I, I felt I needed something. I was in a gym environment. I was training people all the time. Um, obviously, within this environment and social media, there's a lot about yeah. body composition, physique, and the way you look. And then I'd, we'd started the peak physique program as well. And I suppose it was, it kind of stemmed from the very first time years ago when I was training as a, just a PT, I did a photo shoot. Okay. And that was a bit of a strange one because that was something that I, I thought I would never do. I felt very uncomfortable doing it. I don't know why I did it, to be honest. Um, probably somebody said it to me. It was a friend of mine, Sean Barry, the photographer, said it one day. And would you be interested in doing a photo shoot? And I kind of said, what's that entail? And then I did it. I went to Cork to do it. And that kind of gave me the first taste. Okay. And then from there... I kind of looked into the whole side of competing and what that was like. And then that was going to kind of, I suppose, curb my hunger for actual competition because I strive off confident competition there. And a good one as well, Greg, was the the very first competition I competed in. We were backstage and we were all lined up to go on stage. And one of the guys said, are you nervous? She's very nervous. I'm really nervous. And they asked me, are you nervous? And my answer, my exact answer was, listen, I was kicked in the face for 20 years in Taekwondo. This is not nerve wracking. Yeah. This is just walking out and presenting what you have. So for me, I thought it was quite funny, but it wasn't something that, that ever nerved me. Competing never nerves me. Actually, that's the best day. And I always had that mindset that when you compete, that's the easiest day. That's just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. The hard bit is the 5 a.m. in the morning, exactly. training, dieting, yeah. you know? The process is, the, process is you, the hard bit. You seem to enjoy it at the same time. Yeah, you enjoy the process. I mean, you have to enjoy the process. And kind of when you, I think when you have that, you know, that, that training plan set out, yeah. And then you have, okay, you, you have a clear in your head what you're doing in terms of this is my weight training sessions, this is the day I'm, days I'm training, and this is the days I'm off resting, and then this is my cardio sessions. And again, with my cardio, all I did was I just periodized it. Uh, we started off with two days a week, well, possibly three days a week at the start. It was three days a week cardio. It was no longer than 30 minutes. And that was literally it right up until week maybe five or six and yeah. then it ramped up a little bit to four days and it never went over 30 minutes so it was only 30 minutes cardio i use the stepper as my cardio piece of equipment i like it and uh, there's something mentally good about it for me it just it's tough and it, and it gets the job done so once i had the plan in place strength training cardio and my next step then was just to get my nutrition in place nutrition was quite easy in terms of i diet 
not diet, but eat clean enough all year round. Um, not by any means saying it's vegetables and chicken and broccoli all the time, but the general diet is pretty good. Like we yeah. talk here in peak performance, 80% good, 20%. Look, there's a little bit of processed food there and a little bit of nice stuff. That was kind of my diet. So I just had to tidy it up in terms of, and this is what people always are interested in. What is the diet like? And it's the simplest way I could give you a bit, a bit of advice on it is just pick three or four proteins, three or four carbohydrates, get some vegetables in there, get some fats in there, understand your monosaturated fats, your polyunsaturated fats, and understand them, get them in, and make sure you have all your essential fats in. Yeah. And after that, just keep awesome. your water intake up. And that's your diet. And I just rotated from that, rotated from fish to chicken to turkey to venison sometimes, rotated my vegetables, and that was it. So understanding the actual, well, what good food is, is kind of the, the main step. Nutrition really is kind of the biggest thing. 100%, 100%. Knowing the nutrient density of food yeah. and understanding that when you put, like, when you're going to contest, you're, you're trying to get yourself in the best physically looking shape that you can so food does matter if you're going to go post-workout with cereals and bagels and stuff with jams and all that kind of stuff the nutrient density of that food is not great the profile isn't great yeah it's calorie dense now it has its place at certain times in your off season you could use it there's no problem but when you come into contest prep it needs to be a pretty clean diet i would say nearly 98 percent clean um you need to be very focused in and, and the biggest thing i think people mistake they make is they actually go and diet and totally different foods that they are normally eat so it feels like a diet you're eating foods you don't normally eat like i ate chicken i ate venison burgers i ate some turkey i ate some hake i had some cod fish wouldn't be a big thing in my diet so i had to increase that i use salmon an awful lot and i found that really really good and i would give that tip to somebody that your your eye train in the morning so my post-workout meal was oats i had some fruit and some protein powder my next meal was always salmon because of the high fat content. Yeah. And I felt that helped massively with the hunger as I went on in the day because it was really filling, slow digesting. Our fats are very, very slow digesting going through the gut. And I found that that helped massively. And then yeah. nighttime, I would either go to chicken or hake um, because it, the calories within it and the protein density on it, the calories are a little bit lower and the protein density is a little bit higher. Do you know, I throw in a little bit of red meat every so often uh, in the week. Um, and I just lived around that. My carb source was basically one carb source was uh, oats or two two carb sources. Uh, main carb, starchy carbs was white rice and oats. Of course. And other than that, the other carb sources were vegetables and fruits. Yeah. And you see my fruit intake, so. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very man, like. Completely. Yeah, 100%, yeah. So I, 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 I eat a lot of berries. So kind of that's where I diet. And, and if, if any coach out there or any person out there is thinking of contest prep, Try to get the diet prepped previous or pre, or prior to starting the actual prep. Yeah. Get it prepped. Get foods into your diet. Get more vegetables into your diet. Get your water intake up. Start eating a little bit more fruits. Vary your meats a little bit. Find what you like um, and understand that a steak and a piece of chicken has a different profile. Yeah. And you need to know that. A piece of salmon and a piece of hake has a different profile. And it's the fat content, the calorie content that you're getting from that particular um, food, to, food type. And this is important that you understand that. Um, and if you have a coach, they're doing that job for you. So you're maybe writing your food plan. So that's the kind of way I went about the diet and yeah. just structurally did that. The hardest thing, I suppose, really in, in, in for me in the whole contest prep was not the training. I love to train. I actually went to bed at night looking forward to getting up training. Um, because it was a bit of an obsession in terms of 
he was like, go home, sleep, and when am I getting up to train? It was a bit weird, to yeah. be honest. But it was like that. I, I used to wake up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and just think about the training session, and I couldn't go to sleep for 2 or 3 hours again. And that was just because you were so immersed in, in the actual goal. So I trained in the morning. The hardest part for me probably in the whole contest prep was the weekends. Not so much Sunday because Sunday was training, but Saturday I wasn't. Yeah, I one question I was going to ask was um, regarding the social aspect. How are you? How are you regarding social aspect? Um, yeah, so I'm not a big drinker at all, um, so I, that didn't bother me. I stopped. I haven't actually drank um, since 14 weeks now, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, so it didn't bother me at all. That wouldn't bother me. I'm the kind of person that likes to uh, have one or two pints of Guinness. If I'm having a drink and really enjoy it and sit down and have a chat with people, I, I I did the whole partying thing when I was younger, so we've we all got through that. You're at that stage, Gregory. Still there? <laughs> so you're still there. So I'm a bit older now, so uh, yeah, that didn't bother me to be honest. Yeah. The biggest thing I suppose to answer your question is, you you do st- uh, as hard as I tried in this prep to not pull myself out of social environments, I yeah. did. Yeah, you know, I was at a few parties and stuff, my nieces and nephews and bits and pieces. That was fine. I was just a boring uncle with that didn't want to eat anything and you know drink coffee or whatever. Um, but I found as I went through the prep, I tried my hardest, and, and my wife will, will say this as well because the, the last prep was quite tough. I did it quite over a long period of time, and it kind of changed me a little bit. This prep was more, I kind of could feel an emotion coming on, and I just rein it back a little bit. It was like giving out to somebody, or because you're a little bit short tempered, yeah. and then even with the dogs, or even with Steph and. You're, you're about to say something and I rein it back and she could see that. Yeah. So she kind of understand it. But the social environment I found as I went closer to show day, four or five weeks out, I felt that I was pulling a lot away from it. I just wanted to be at home. I wanted to be on my own. I wanted to go for walks with the dogs and just be on the whole headspace. Yeah, it was very, it was very tunnel vision this yeah. time. And it was very um, self-centered, really. It was like nothing else matters in life only this. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to win the show I'm going to win the show I'm going to win the show and I said this to people and they were looking at me going I hope that he does do something in the show because if he doesn't what's going to happen and then Steph even said this to me as well my wife she said what about if it doesn't go your way and I didn't I was just that was like a atom bomb to me like it was awesome. like no way no way no way and uh, that kind of took me through so that's the mental process I went through but the weekends were the toughest one, and it was mainly Saturdays. You were living in your own head, basically. You sat down, you ate a meal, you went for a walk, then you looked at your clock and you waited for the next meal. That's all you did, and it just took and, and stuff Netflix out. in between, so. Yeah, there's loads of Netflix, but uh, and the problem was when I prep, and this is a bit weird, and maybe people can relate to this. I keep, I start watching cooking programs subconsciously. I don't yeah. put on Jamie Oliver. I just happen to find it. And I watch all oh, Gordon Ramsay's cooking book. So I'm there dieting, watching it, like cooking the nicest food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was quite funny. And I thought, well, that kind of weird where your body starts to change. Another thing as well as I'd like to kind of explain to people is that your sleep cycle goes. So I track my sleep from the very, very start. And the couple of things I did to help my sleep was to stop caffeine during the day completely to go to decaffeinated coffee. And I love coffee. So I'd be a coffee person. If you ask me to give up coffee, there isn't a hope. You know, so I, I, I went, I, I took a pre-workout because I trained really early in the morning and I felt that helped. And then I had amino acids during when I trained and then I had some decaffeinated coffee for the rest of the day because I was taking in about 100, 250 milligrams of caffeine pre-workout. And that was enough caffeine for me for the day because I felt at the very, very start of prep, I had my coffees after it, which were caffeinated and I had a big crash. So I just felt, okay, I need to cut these out. So I cut them out. 
And I still do that now and I find it really productive for me. It just helps me an awful lot. But I do love coffee, but a decaf during the day helps me focus a little bit more and not get that kind of slope of turnless. Um, but you do find as you go, and I try to manage every variable of sleep, go to bed early, try not to drink as much water close to bed. But the, what happens is your body starts, because you're dieting so hard, you're just all the time waking up. You're going to loo. You're finding hard to get to sleep. It's getting harder to get to sleep. And then you're waking earlier and earlier. So I found my, my sleep cycle go from six and a half hours a, a night to three hours to two hours. That was kind of the, and I could see it because I tracked it all the way because I could see my graph. It was literally, uh, literally dropping each week. I found it very tough to be honest. I found that I was awake a lot of the time just thinking about things, thinking about prep, thinking about the show day, thinking about what what do, can I do better in training? Am, am I lean enough? Yeah. You know, all these things going through your head and you're just winding yourself up. And when we sleep, we want to be in that parasympathetic tone. And when you diet hard, you're a lot of time living the sympathetic tone, that stress response tone. So I've been awake. And again, it's not good for your girlfriend or wife if they live with you as well because you're obviously waking them up all the time. So different variables, different things, but I did, did see the sleep was affected massively. And that's only something now, three weeks out from the shows, the show day's gone three or four weeks ago. Um, it's it's not even coming back yet. It's slow, like it's four and a half hours now. Okay, yeah, Do you know? it's, a, it's a linear process at yeah. the same time again. You build back up. Exactly, you build back yeah. up. So I suppose that's kind of the way to look at it you've once you know these things are happening and these things are going to come and go, you're going to you're going to feel feel these slums in your sleep you're going to feel these uh issues about going to toilet loads and all that kind of stuff you'll be able to deal with it and the more times you do it you kind of know these processes are coming do you know of course yeah um just yeah degree. yeah absolutely and i mean everybody's always interested in the diet so that's kind of it dietary wise through the actual prep i did refeeds as well my lowest calorie was actually 2,400. I started at 3.6 and went down to 2.4. Yeah. For a lot of people would say that's quite high. That's quite high, yeah. yeah. My body is a very lean type, so I lose weight quite quickly. So if I drop calories, I will drop muscle mass and weight. So this time in the show, I wanted to come in a lot fuller, so I kept the calories higher. Yeah. And then basically did a refeed to bring me back up to maintenance over um, 48 hours and then back down to a slighter drop again. So I went maybe from 2.4 down to 2.3, just yeah. that little drop. And just basically, I'd say the lowest I would have been on peak week would have been uh, where I would have dropped carbs to 50 grams for about three days. So I would have been down around the 14, 1500 calories yeah. just for three days and then would have loaded up and walked this time when loading up about 350, 400 grams two days out. Okay, you know, fill you back up. Fill you back up and then just look at the physique continuously water kept water at my normal daily intake is about four and a half liters touching on five and i went to seven yeah. so it's continuously seven and it, worked for you. it worked perfect yeah it worked perfect it was as tight as i could be and when i talk about tightness it's it's basically the skin and the muscle you don't want any water between the two of them um and i felt that i was tight on both shows and it was quite interesting going from one show to another i never done that before so mentally coming off stage where I actually got a bronze medal in the natural bodybuilding, which I was very, very happy with. Um, looking at the competitors against me was a very tight call for silver, but the competitor that won it deserved to win it. Um, so that was an interesting process. Yeah, because course. you come off stage, you think the reins are off and you can go for food. So I decided, I'm going, I had about 1,500 calories to play with. And yeah. I said to Steph, let's go for dinner. And it was the first time in 12 weeks we'd ate together. Because even at nighttime, we didn't eat together. We ate separately because my diet was so different 
in terms of I was so particular on the way it was cooked. It was yeah. a bit weird, like, um, and I would just bite right off if she cooked it a certain way or didn't put the right veg in or the right spice in or, you know, because it was changing. Yeah, I didn't want to change. Everything the same. Then I can take out things and I know yeah. I can manage it. So we didn't eat it. So we sat down and we went for a tie. That was nice. Felt like shite after it, um, which wasn't great. And then got up next day and just started the whole process again for the week. So my peak week was basically starting again and then just went through the same protocol and then filled up a lot more on show day than I did the previous week, um, which I was telling people about it. I've, I don't think I've, I ever ate a donut ever. And I had um, nine, I think, nine. nine Krispy Kreme donuts on the day of the show, just about an hour to two hours out from going on stage. That's, that's competition itself. Getting yeah, 100%. Um, and I definitely will be converted to Reese's uh, Pieces Krispy Kreme donut. They were really nice. But people were looking at me on that day and they were asking about, like, why the hell are you eating them? I knew the volume of them wasn't huge it sounds like a lot but they're calorie dense but they're not volume it's not eating it's not like eating thousand calories worth of rice where it's yeah. going to sit in your stomach it's it, it, it's something that has a, a very small volume but high output calories so for me it was brilliant to get vascularity and, and the more i ate the tighter i was getting yeah. the better i was looking so that's a protocol that was uh that was was, was told to me and it worked really really well um and, and it was just something that was a massive help. And I think with contest prep, once you have that outside eye, because I would have worked with uh, previous contests for with Sigma Nutrition, Danny Lennon and Gar Ben, two fantastic guys and were absolutely super to me over the last couple of years and working with them and knowledge and education, everything, they were great guys. And then just coming closer to the show, I worked with Perry Tully, one of the new coaches here. And it was great to get an outside five eyes, yeah. especially on show day, because that's something I needed and I just needed to take pictures and send them to somebody and say, what do you think? You look, you're looking at yourself and you're kind of very, what would you say, hard on yourself. You don't think you look well. Yeah, I suppose you're looking at yourself every day. Every day and it's hard and you're yeah. judging yourself. You're saying, I'm just not full enough, I'm not big enough. And this is on show day, so it's great to have somebody say, no, throw in an extra 100 grams of carbs, throw in another five or six rice cakes with some jam on them, yeah. see how you feel. Let that digest, let's see how you look in an hour. You know, and it was great to do that. So that was good, a good insight to have on the day. Um, other than that, the peak week went very well. Filled up a lot more for the second show. Ended up winning at the fitness model category, and which I had, I was told I should enter. Uh, had to do a little bit more, bit more leg training towards the end of my prep, increase it to two days, and I had a very good protocol in terms of I cut cardio completely about three weeks out, yeah. uh, three two two and a half three weeks out, and increase my uh, training output and basically train twice a day weights to maintain muscle mass. I was able to recover really well from it. I found it really good. Morning session, normally it was an, an upper body session, focusing on chest and biceps, and then in the evening, or chest and triceps, and in the evening was focusing more so on the shoulders, back on both sessions, and hitting some biceps again, and a lot of core of both sessions. Yeah, and you, you seem to get through that. Seemed, I seem to get through that, and I found it really good protocol, yeah. and I, feel, I felt it worked really well. I felt I looked better from it. I threw in a small bit of hit training, which was literally five minutes of a 100-meter ski erg and 10 ball slams on the minute every minute for five minutes, and I increased that in the peak week to 10 minutes. Okay. And I did it about twice, three times in peak week. Okay. And actually, okay. before I was filling up, my, 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 when I started to carb load two days out, that was what I did just before I carb loaded. Yeah. So I came into the gym, hit a 10-minute hit session, and went home, relaxed, showered, and then started to load. 
and it really helped with the intake of carbohydrates, just yeah. firing that system up um, with a short hit session work well. You know, so yeah. yeah, second show went really well. As I say, got got that that they got a, a gold and then got a pro card, which was a shock. And in the fitness model category, and then went on to men's physique, which is a very stacked category of over twelve guys, very very high level. In fairness, it was really really good turnout, and got a bronze there, and it was a very tight one two three kind of positioning. So we were very close to getting higher in that one. Would absolutely delighted. So came away from it. The biggest problem people have with contest prep is coming away from it and stepping back from stage and leaving that tight, lean physique go. Yeah, that was my next question. Yeah, how yeah. How do you come back after? Do you know what it is? It's it, it's a difficult one. You, you kind of have to, I suppose when I came down from, I stayed in Dublin that night and we went to Nando's. I love Nando's as a takeaway, so I went to Nando's. It was nothing major, it was yeah. just something I like. So I said, go to Nando's, sit down, we have a meal. And I met one, two of the competitors in there, and they were like, oh, we're going to binge in this, and we're going to eat this. And I just, I never got that mindset. I know people want to eat more food, but it's just binge, binging is just a bad mindset to have. So I went in thinking I'm going to have a main course and possibly dessert, and that I should be happy with that. And I knew from previous, if you your stomach is just so, so tight at that stage, you can't take a massive volume of food. So it was funny seeing the guys in the actual building absolutely driving through their main course, but then they were absolutely wiped out. They couldn't eat anymore. Yeah. They felt so bloated. So I um yeah, had main course. It was just about it's all about how you approach it. Set your meal, sit down, have a meal, have a meal that you do not think about calories, you just enjoy yourself and you with your time, whoever's with you. And then from there, I found what worked best was to get straight back into training. So my next morning I went for a long walk. Um, let food digest from the night before because it still hadn't. It was just, just yeah. sitting there, and then just went for breakfast in the hotel, and literally just went to go the next Monday morning. Started again, training, and just controlled as much as possible. Put myself on a, a maintenance calorie figure. Went back up to maintenance about three four, okay. and then broke down my protein, added in a little bit more carbohydrate and a little bit more fat to get the har- hormonally wise back in place. Um, my leptin levels, greater levels, testosterone, all that to get that them all back up. Now they'll take a number of weeks to do that, months, but starting that process and just getting back on the track, not been solely focused on tracking every digit, but been staying within the calorie figure. Yeah, so you know? not swearing. No, not swearing. And the beauty about it is at the weekends, then if I want to go out and have a meal, there was no problem. I wasn't suddenly thinking, oh my God, I can't go tea because I can't track it. I can just go tea if I want to. I can just go and have a coffee when I want to. Yeah. I can, you know, you just it's just a freedom to do what you want. And then just trying to deal with being there at nighttime, if there's a piece of chocolate there that you, you, you know you can have it now. Yeah. And it's that temptation of, oh, I can have it now, so I'll eat it, do you know? Of course, of course. So I suppose just that's the way I went about it. I got back on the, the wagon straight away, got a program, figured out what I need to do, figured out physique what I need to do, and then set my calories and just kind of eased off on the pressures of it, yeah. but still tracked and how about your coffee still decaffeinated still decaffeinated yeah still decaffeinated I'm not 100% decaffeinated but work wise you need guys see me I am of course uh, weekends I would have a caffeinated coffee but nothing after lunch okay. I'm kind of gone that way now um, and it's something I find I'm just trying to get my sleep back and I'm trying yeah. everything and I was the course I was at the weekend we spoke about this yeah. and with Ben Podolsky and he was talking about caffeine and uh, he, he kind of agreed with what it, kind of system I'm using and felt that that's a good way to get your sleep back is just to keep caffeine in the morning if you have it, if you're going to have it. But there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, caffeine has huge properties in terms of training stimulus as well. And I find a pre-workout is really good for me in the morning because I train fasted uh, with aminos. But yeah, still stick with the decaf. 
So, but I do love my coffee in fairness. Tell me all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I suppose, it like, is, is it like for you and me, Greg, dealing with clients, contest prep can relate an awful lot to them as well because it's dieting. Yeah, of course. Do you know? You will have a client there that will struggle with the same things, the same fears, the, the restriction, the having to pull away from a social outing if they're trying to achieve something in terms of body composition, um, the pressures of when they get to the weight that they really want and they achieve it, how they mentally deal with it. You know, because a lot of time, I remember we used this analogy before, one of the worst things that can happen, somebody's reaching their goal. Okay. Because it can, what's next? Yeah, what's next? What's follow, next? Follow on. Yeah. So if you can use what I said there about getting back on straight away. So show day is over. Imagine you've reached your goal weight. You have that nice day. You enjoy your meal. You leave a little bit of pressure off yourself and stress of tracking and managing everything. But then the next morning you get back on track with a new plan, a new goal, where do I need to so be now? So there's some sort of strategy in place. For exactly. Us. Yeah, exactly. And it works so well. We see it as coaches as well. Yeah. That's what we're here for is to be the person that's going to strategize for you, get the realistic goals, get them attainable for you, get get them timelined and plan for you. Yeah. Do you know? And that's what makes the client's job easier and also makes our job a little bit easier as well because we can, we can see a happy client. They have a plan. They know what they're doing. And okay, say, okay, I can do that. And I think that when people reach their goals, sometimes they just need to be ready to set a new one and set the next stage yeah. and even treat it as this is stage two of my goal, stage three of my goal, stage four of my goal can help really, really well. Like, short term, medium or long term to a certain degree. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So yeah, that was the whole contest prep, guys. That was kind of mentally how we went through it. They're the kind of things that happened through it. Um the one thing I did find on it was when I was on this contest prep, I was the most focused I ever was in terms of business, getting stuff done, daily tasks, just really focused in on them. And it was helpful. And we had some new coaches joining the gym in summer times. <clears throat> so their guys were coming in in the middle of it. And it was interesting for them to see as well the, the in process of, of 12 weeks of dieting to see how somebody can cope with it and you know the training protocols and the food choices and all that kind of stuff that was interesting but that was a stressful period as well and you're trying to keep the stress down because you've got coaches changing through the through the through the business and you're trying to get some some guys in that are going to take take the reins again and uh, drive the business forward and, and really prom- really drive themselves as coaches as well so that was a process we had to go through in the middle of it yeah do you know yeah yeah so that, that was it was all 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 dealt with and managed and it was just all about taking a deep breath at times and just trying to say right let's look at this logically let's get this done here let's get this done here let's get this done here so write everything down have your five or six steps per day and just go about it that way yeah. you know logically breaking stuff down don't like i did a, a video on today don't overcomplicate it it doesn't need to be overcomplicated just keep it simple and get your processes and this is what you have to do on this time each day have a plan each day and just implement it and, and and contest prep and dieting is like that you know when you're training you know when you're sleeping you know when your meals are and you know what your work is like and you know you have to drink some water yeah. and you have to keep moving do you know so keep it simple get the right the simple stuff right yeah do you know we get kind of carried away with calories at times which we have to talk about there is calorie energy balance calories in calories out is a thing if you want to lose weight you have to have an energy balance a deficit but sometimes people lose the whole point. You need to get the basics right. Yeah, well, that's like an analogy. One of my lecturers always used to say, uh, Joe Connor, K-I-S-S, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, he's dead right. He's dead right. It's, it's really, really good. 
why would you overcomplicate it? Yeah. Somebody could start talking to you, Greg, about calories and, oh my God, I need to stay within this deficit, I need to do so many calories. But yet they're eating something totally calorie dense, for instance, and yeah. then... So, so why not we why not we think about our food quality yeah. and maybe then we'll go to calories. Let's get the quality of the food right first yeah. and then we'll talk about calories instead of talk about calories and still eating very, very dense processed foods, you know, to try to fit it into your calories. Yeah, so keep it simple, stupid, very good analogy, guys. Um contest prep can be very like what your goals are like, trying to lose weight, trying to focus on that, get the steps right, get everything right, and you're getting to an end goal. And when you get to that end goal, you go to stage two. You don't think that it's over. You think stage two, stage three, stage four. And you keep moving forward. Get help. Get a coach. Get somebody to help you with programming. Get somebody to help you with uh, exercise execution. Get somebody to educate you on your training, your cardiovascular work, understanding sleep, understanding stress. Remember, the more educated you are, the more empowered you are, the better you're going to be and the easier it is going to be for you to achieve your goals. That's a key point. Same as coaches here. We have to be educated we have to be continually moving forward. Every one of us here are doing something educationally-wise at the moment. You're on nutrition, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. So You're upskilling. Upskilling as always. Yeah. As I say, never stand still. Uh, I'm just back from a weekend in Manchester. Mike is on his nutrition as well, and we have Perry coming in, and he is looking online on uh, some stuff with a hypertrophy coach. So it's continuously learning to give back to our clients, of course, you yeah. know, to have the most up-to-date knowledge, the best, most scientific as possible protocols, methods that we can for a person to achieve. Somebody comes to us, comes to us for contest prep, fat loss, anything at all, we will give them the best knowledge that we have over a span of four coaches here, over nearly 20, 20, 30 years of knowledge. And that's the beauty about having somebody on your side. You have a team of people that will help you. Um, and that's just what we're, we're trying to achieve and do here for people at Peak Performance Academy. So uh, I hope that was uh, interesting, guys. Um, and thanks for Greg for joining us today. Bobby, great pre speaking as always. Yeah, we'll get him on another guest appearance now on a, on a topic. We might uh, we might pick something and discuss oh, it. See how it goes. Yeah. And as I say, any of the clients that we coach, if you have any questions or any topics you would like us to cover, please ask. Um, leave a review, guys, on the um the podcast it really helps to grow it um it, it does really help to grow it so if you can leave a review and subscribe share it on your social media platforms so it can help us grow this brand and, and the podcast and again we want to try to get our voice out there we're trying to help people we're trying to educate people so if there's any topics you would like us to talk about just please ask you'll ca- you'll get us through all our social media pages it's peak performance.academy on instagram peak performance clarity on facebook and you can message any of us there and we'll get back to you with an answer if we can. And we'll also, if you have a podcast you would like us to do, we can do a Q&A podcast where we'll answer your questions. Just fire some questions in on any of them platforms and we'll get them answered. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of Reach Your Peak podcast. And I hope that was informative and have a great weekend and we will see you all next week.